0: Hey folks, you're listening to the Inside Line F1 podcast and this is our Lando Norris special interview episode. My name is Somal Arora. I'm the host of The Driving Force on Disney Plus Hotstar and the second voice that you're going to listen to on this episode, well, is not Lando Norris. Lando's is going to come in in a little bit, but we're going to tell you first about what this episode is all about. And joining me in that very same quest to do so is Kunal Shah, the former marketing head of the Force India F1 team, who is currently working as the motorsport consultant at the VSport Sport Network in Norway. But I'm not quite sure we're currently working, Kunal, are we? It's it's a really good time of the year, the holidays. <laughs> F1 is off, and that does not make it a good time, but it's, it's all nice and pleasant and probably a very good time to speak to Lando Norris about so many other things that we've got in store.
1: I think, Samuel... Firstly, I think we are always working when it comes to Formula One. We are always looking for new stories, new angles, new opinions, uh, news to come out and so on. But uh, yes, it's the off season. This is when we are going to release a lot of feature episodes A lot Mm. of these will be revisited episodes like this Lando Norris interview that you guys are going to tune in 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 a few minutes from now. It was actually recorded by a very good uh, journalist friend of mine called Seaman, who's the executive editor for Park Fermi, you know, one of the premier motorsport websites in the Nordics. And uh, this interview of Norris is from actually late 2020, just when it was announced that Daniel Ricciardo is going to be joining him at McLaren. Uh, and, you know, lots of parts. In fact, the entire interview is so relevant still, Samuel. I know you and I yeah. have lis- listened into it already before. You know, we just did like a quality check. Is this actually worth, uh, you know, tuning in into again? And I, I know I, I loved every bit of it,
2: Samuel.
0: No, 100% same. It's crazy how relevant it still is and how good of a job Seaman has done with that. And so that episode features a lot of stuff about how Lando Norris actually deals with sim racing. Is it really good? Is it really bad? How it even works out? The whole thing with his performance and whether people actually know the truth behind it. And that was a very interesting part, Kunal, when Lando actually speaks about it and just opens up on his own mentality of how he looks at aspects like that one.
1: Yes. And, you know, then there is also this very cheeky question, which, uh, you know, was asked to Lando by Siemens saying, has he actually had a bad season in his motorsport career? (laughs) And, you know, the the funny part, and of course, I'm going to, this is like spoiler alert, but Lando actually points out saying finishing second in F2 to George Russell was actually one of his, you know, bad seasons classified as a bad season. (laughs) And then he speaks of how, you know, he copes with it. And then very crucial, he also addresses you know, fans and how they judge drivers when the drivers don't do well and and so on, mm. right? And, of course, you know, Lando Norris uh, in 2021 was rated as, uh, uh, you know, was rated as the second most popular driver on the grid after Max Verstappen, but crucially ahead of Lewis Hamilton, you know. And he speaks of, you know, how he handles his social media presence and how his, you know, friendly personality sort of shaped up over time because guys remember you know lando is a very un formula one like driver uh he's been on the podium several times but he doesn't consume champagne he prefers milk if if that's what i remember he's a very un james hunt kind of personalities in the sport and recently you know his love life has sort of exploded on on social media
0: yeah it has and that crazily means that lando norris is more in the spotlight than he was previously, if that even makes any sense, because he's always in the forefront. And that's why this episode still holds up today. Just listening to Lando, listening to what he thinks about the way Formula One runs, man, that is going to be so, so crazy. And that experience is not the only one you can actually enjoy on this podcast. Only recently, Kunal and I were actually able to sit down in a studio well, before our city exactly closed down, but we were able to sit down and actually host a gala of our own, the Inside Line F1 Parody Awards in that canal, and a few recipients who haven't quite accepted our awards yet.
1: <laughs> yes, and in fact, Lando Norris made it to the nominations, but not to uh, the list of winners, if I remember correctly, Samuel. Ah, It was uh-huh. only a couple of weeks ago, but I, I don't remember who won, but... Lando, of course, has, the, has the, the privilege, if I may call it that, of being the first episode of the 2022 Formula One season. And, you know, guys, for us, 2022 Formula One season started on the 1st of January 2022, just like, uh, you know, Fernando Alonso wanted Alpine to start building their 2022 car on the 1st of January 2021. So <laughs> Lando has the, the privilege of being on pole position this year, Samuel. And who knows? Maybe that
0: could be the case when the season begins as well. But now, folks, no more delays. I think it's time that you listen in to Lando Norris, and we'll get back to you at the end of the episode.
2: Uh, I, I know that you are very, you're very popular in Norway. Uh, maybe, really? yeah, maybe one of the most popular. Uh, Why? Well, what kind of guy are you? You, I mean, <laughs> young guy on social media, so all this stuff, and and yeah, you you appeal to very. Many young Norwegian fans.
3: Ah, that's cool. I love Norway. Then I love Norway.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, you, you just say that to me, right? Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> I've never, I've never been, I've never been, but I would say it.
2: You have to that... try rallying then. I, I'm a co-driver in rally, so I, I have a lot of experience with that. To, to be in one line in the tracks, you know. So that yeah. that you should try one one time.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, I would. I mean, I would love to if there's a lot of space.
2: Okay, if but there, that, that's the purpose of rally in all space, you know, so... Yeah,
3: I know, I know. But if there's a tree, I'm, I'm quite likely to hit it, so... Yeah. Uh, ah, maybe maybe one day, maybe one maybe day, one, yeah? then, then I'll try it.
2: Let's see. Know. As you may know, as a, as a driver, you can't say what you feel every time, and, and yeah. you don't want to blame everything. It's very difficult for, for the audience and the fans to maybe believe in, in all these blames. Can you, can you also yeah. relate to, to that uh, stuff?
3: Yeah, of course. I think that's one of the easiest things to relate to is there's a lot of things, you know, as a driver and within the team that the, the, the people on the outside never find out, you know, um, there's always different pictures and people who are watching always create stupid ideas and come up with their own fantasy and their own thoughts and, and whatever. Um, because it's very easy for them it's easy to just to see someone in p15 and go ah he's not doing very good but as a driver i'm sure he knows that and he understands that but people on the outside um, and fans they won't they won't think of that you know they want to judge very easily and just go ah it's his fault and they want to make it an easy uh something easy to say and and that's Something that happens all the time now with the, the fans, with some fans and people on the Internet is that they only want to see the bad way of it. They, they don't think of any big picture. Um, and it's the same like what we have now in Formula One or within within any category. People just want to um, guess all the time and they don't understand anything, really. So um, if you have one bad weekend because you have some problems with something, um, sometimes you don't tell everyone, you know, sometimes maybe I have different, I have some, I don't have some upgrades on the car or um, uh, we've had some problems, but I don't say to the media, I have all of these problems, but within the team, we know that we had these problems or maybe the car wasn't as quick, but um, you don't go out to the media and say, yeah, these are all, I had these problems and my car was not as quick and, and anything like this, but um, so you know it and I would know it myself okay the next weekend i know i'm going to do better but the people on the outside and and the people watching they won't know any of this and they'll just go ah he's obviously he's just not very good he's he's you know he's not quick enough he's not a good enough driver because that's what they want to say that's what they just want to guess and and try and sound like they're clever and that they know everything when they don't know anything you know so it's it's the it's people now it's it's what people are like for some reason they want to think that they are the clever people in the world and they don't just stop from it and think, OK, maybe there's a reason behind this, you know. So um, it's, it's tough because there's a lot of people like that nowadays um, and on, the, on the Internet, uh, always trying to, to, to say that you're terrible or you're not good enough comparing to this person or um, you need to give up or anything like this. So it's, it sucks because you you'd see it a lot of the time on, on social media for every driver um but uh, as long as i know or he knows or any driver knows that they can do a better job and they understand the reason then you kind of have to forget what what other
2: people say also how is it to to be uh, in a ride in in you know have the flow with good results and suddenly in one year everything breaks down and you are at the best maybe 15th 16th or, or uh, under 20th uh, how is it to 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 be a driver and, and in these situations um
3: well i mean if you believe and you know you're good enough then you should be able to keep fighting right so um maybe if you can't win the races you, have, you can work on the different areas so you work on your racing you work on um trying to maximize a bad package you know if the car's bad how can or what can you do to or what can anyone do to make the car better um is it the people around you is it your team is it your engineer. How can you maybe push your engineer to work better or understand what you need from the car more? Um, you know, figure out the problems. You know, it's this is it's um. There's different scenarios you can be in. You know, if you're winning the race, you experience different things from people who are who are at the back or maybe in the middle because you have to achieve different things. Um, and if you're in the situation when you're towards the back, you have to realize what can I do. In this situation that will make me a better driver and that is pushing everyone around you pushing the team understanding why or what the other teams are doing better and, and things like that so mm. it's uh it's not easy and it's something like this these kind of things you learn throughout the years and still into formula one I'm, I'm learning now and trying to improve but um i guess that's that's the main thing you can do and and in the end of the day you need the belief uh for- yourself mentally for yourself to know that um it will eventually become better or if you go to do something else you can do a better job then then you need to keep believing that because that's the uh, your self-belief is the biggest motivation that you have you know so um yeah i guess that's it
2: have you have any setbacks in your career like this um uh I don't know. No, it'd be good all the way. I, I don't. Want, I, I don't
3: want to sound <laughs> you, like. Yeah, I don't. Want to, I don't want to say I'm You been need one, Lando, You need
2: one now. You need one petrol season now, right? <laughs> but
3: uh, I, I guess I had like Formula Two last year. It was my worst season, really. Um. Uh. With well, I finished P two in the championship. It <laughs> it. It's not the end of the worst. It's not the end of the world, but I struggled a lot more throughout the year. Yeah. Um, as a team, I think we, we struggled a little bit more and, uh, we weren't always as confident and I wasn't as confident in, in what I had to do, but, um, I still believed I could do a, a good job and I was good enough. So I kept fighting. We, we were working on it and, and then at the end of the year, we, we were quite strong again. So, um, yeah, I've not had any had any big ones, and I guess that's because I feel like I've I've always been with the correct team. I've had the right people around me, um, to put me with a good team, and and to choose the correct engineers that will work well with me and understand what I how how I speak and and what I want from the car. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you can be unlucky. In the end of the day, sometimes you can be with a team which just does something wrong or doesn't figure out how to set up a car properly and then you maybe are a bit unlucky. But
2: As you may know, as a, as a driver, you can't say what you feel every time and, and yeah. you don't want to blame everything. It's very difficult for, for the audience and the fans to maybe believe in, in all these blames. Can you can you also yeah. relate to, to that uh, stuff?
3: Yeah, of course. I think that's one of the easiest things to relate to is there's a lot of things you know as a driver and within the team that the the, the people on the outside never find out you know um there's always different pictures and people who are watching always create stupid ideas and come up with their own fantasy and their own thoughts and and whatever um because it's very easy for them it's easy to just to see someone in p15 and go ah he's not doing very good but as a driver i'm sure he knows that and he understands that but people on the outside um and fans they won't they won't think of that you know they want to judge very easily and just go ah it's his fault and they want to make it an easy uh something easy to say and and that's something that happens all the time now with the the fans with some fans and people on the internet is that they only want to see the bad way of it they, they don't think of any big picture um and it's the same like what we have now in formal one or within within any category people just wanna um guess all the time and they don't understand anything really so um if you have one bad weekend because have some problems with something um sometimes you don't tell everyone you know sometimes maybe i have different i have some i don't have some upgrades on the car or um uh we've had some problems but i don't say to the media i have all of these problems but within the team we know that we had these problems or maybe the car wasn't as quick but um you don't go out to the media and say yeah these are all i I had these problems and my car was not as quick and, and anything like this but um So you know it and I would know it that myself, okay, the next weekend I know I'm going to do better, but the people on the outside and and the people watching, they won't know any of this and they'll just go, ah, he's obviously, he's just not very good. He's, he's, you know, he's not quick enough. He's not a good enough driver because that's what they want to say. That's what they just want to guess and, and try and sound like they're clever and that they know everything when they don't know anything, you know? So it's, it's the is people now it's is what people are like for some reason they want to think that they are the clever people in the world and they don't just stop from it and think okay maybe there's a reason behind this you know so um, it's it's tough because there's a lot of people like that nowadays um, on the on the internet uh, always trying to, to to say that you're terrible or you're not good enough comparing to this person or um, you need to give up or anything like this so it's it sucks because you you'd see it a lot of the time on, on social media for every driver. Um, but uh, as long as I know or he knows or any driver knows that they can do a better job and they understand the reason, then you kind of have to forget what, what other people say.
2: Uh, you changed the topic for me when we talk about the social media and and people on the internet and and you are the king of social media in in Formula <laughs> one maybe I heard that a lot before uh, yeah. and also you, you also uh, mentioned this that it's not everything you can't say to media but, but our impression is that you are very open very honest It's a very r- true real picture of you in in uh, at your social media account yeah. and maybe also that because McLaren allows you I guess uh, can you can you Tell me a little bit about how that works. How how free you are? Do, do you do you control your accounts by only yourself, or how does that work for, for you?
3: Um, yeah, so I guess for my my social media, um, I control everything. Um, my uh, my PR team run uh, Team Lando, which is on Twitter and Instagram. Um, so they run a lot more of the you know all of the other pictures and information about the race weekend and and everything. So like i i almost have two accounts i have my own account which is everything i do and everything i post and everything i say then there's um the team lando which is also my account but it's completely run by people who have more time to write about everything and give fans information and and post pictures and and things like that and post about uh, clothing or prizes you can win and stuff like that so um yeah i mean i'm 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 open to what I can do. Um, of course, there's rules and there's things, especially when you come into Formula One and you have sponsors and partners and everything that you have to stick to a little bit more, um, and you can't be completely free. But it's it's very open. Um, I think it's it's changed a little bit since I've almost done what I've done. You know, I've um, because of what I have done in the past. I think it's changed a little bit um, in the last few years with how much we are allowed to do as as drivers. I think it was a bit more strict um, two years ago, for example, than what it is now. Um, but it's nice, you know, it's it's good that it's changed. I think it's changed in a good way. It's allowed me um, to express or s- allow people to see more behind the scenes or what a Formula One driver does. So I guess that's, that's one of the good things is Um, a lot of more people in the world see me as another normal driver, not some person that only shows, um, that he drives in fancy cars and has a nice big house and flies on a private jet and does Formula One, you know? So I still show that when I go home, I go on my simulator or I go and play Call of Duty, um, and I do those things like you know, like a normal person.
2: Uh, yeah, and you're funny as well with all these banter,s and 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 you aren't afraid to say any cool things, uh, which can <laughs> start some discussions. But 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 uh, yeah. that also we as an audience we, we do like that. So, but yeah. um, when I mentioned about these things you can't do and can do. Um, this uh in, in winter when about launch in the car it was said that you were kind of revealed that by an accident uh yeah. what, what, was that a plan plan thing for you as a strategy <laughs> yeah. or was it actually a, a blame or uh, actually a, a fault from you um
3: no that was uh, this one was planned um
2: yeah yeah i've, uh, I've done
3: yeah. some things i've done some things when i revealed something i shouldn't so that's why a lot of people thought it was real and, and that it was a mistake. But um,
2: that no, was planned, yeah. Yeah.
3: it was <laughs> it, it was it was all planned. Yeah, um, it was funny. But a lot of people thought I did it. Well, you no, know, it was real because there's been um, some things over the past few years where I leaked something or I said something I shouldn't have said. And I said it too early. So um, now there's a there's a good mixture of, of things I do by accident. And I regret. And then this kind of thing, which is planned, is but it's still funny and yeah. takes the, the mick out of me a little bit.
2: It's your kind of thing, right, to do?
3: Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's good fun to do.
2: <laughs> do you feel that the same in Formula 1? Are there too many robots on the grid?
3: I mean, I think there are quite a few. I think, again, it's changed a little bit over the last few years. Um, and And people have changed, I think, quite a bit since, not since I've just joined, but... Um, you know, since Daniel is quite a free guy and says what he wants a bit and and same with me. Um, I think you you've seen some other drivers in, in the paddock change a little bit over the last two years or, or the last year or so with um doing more social media and and trying to be more normal and, and speak more freely, kind of thing. So um I think there are still robots, of course, but uh I think it's it's changing with People like Daniel, people like me, um, who come in and just be themselves and, and don't try and pretend to be someone cool or someone um, amazing. They just be themselves, be normal, be a normal human. And um, and people kind of like that. So, uh, yeah, that's the way it is.
2: Sounds good. Uh, Harry told me to, to stop now. Uh, just, just a, yeah. a little uh, on, on, on the end there. Like you said, Daniel. Will I be too much next year with you and Daniel in the same team when it comes to all this stuff you're talking about now?
3: Um, No, I think we'll have a good split. You know, we'll have a lot of fun moments and I'm sure we have a lot of cool, exciting, funny things coming up in the future. But at the same time, um, he's a very hardworking guy. And I would say, you know, for myself as well, this year I've changed a lot more to trying to um, not just be... uh, fun normal kind of guy but uh focus a lot on the racing and and still be professional and, and act the way I need to when I have to. So I think we all have a good times but I'll also look forward to working with him as a as a teammate and as another racing driver. Um and him as a race winner. You know he's worked with Red Bull and and won races with them. So you will have a different mentality and think of things maybe slightly differently and uh and I Look forward to learning from him on, on those kind of things. Uh,
2: I want to speak about sim racing. It, it's a lot of discussions about how real it is, uh, with which kind of similarities it is between yeah. the real world and, and sim world. Uh, can you, with, with uh, totally honestly, put some points on what is actually real or not real at all with, with iRacing?
3: Yeah. Um, well, I think one of the best things with iRacing is um, the the thought you need, I guess, firstly, with the setup um there's a lot of things you can change uh so you need to be quite quite clever and if you're looking at the data as well a lot of the, the data helps um so I guess firstly using all of these tools can help you a lot mentally knowing what happens on a car and and so on um and uh I think that's very good it's a very good start then I guess with the actual driving itself um some of the tracks are very accurate like the the visuals and the graphics are probably some of the best graphics you know out of out of a lot of programs um and it has a very good combination of both graphics and um also drivability you know some programs have amazing graphics and the handling is the worst thing in the world Some
2: Mm, grand small talking exactly (laughs) and um and some
3: programs have very good handling um more like r factor two for some cars not all of them and, uh, and have terrible, terrible graphics. So um, iRacing is the best one in the middle. You know, it has it's good for the driving. Um, maybe isn't the most realistic for driving because you have to drive it in quite a, a gentle way. You can't slide the car, you
2: can Yeah, the tire models is, uh, may, they, yes. many are criticized the tire models a lot and I, yeah, I'm not exactly. very, very into that, uh, but, but no, I can feel the tires are very special there
3: yeah you have to drive very smoothly right on the limit of the grip and as soon as you go over it it goes very wrong so Mm. you can't you don't get the sensation of sliding and pushing the car on the limit or locking up sometimes you have to always be a bit under the limit and drive very smoothly very gently so that's the i guess one of the biggest things that isn't so good Um, and you don't get the sensation of um, yeah, the sliding and correcting the car all the time and, and everything like that. So, But isn't that um, also
2: actually, something you good in, in the real life that you actually have to be smooth? They say smooth is, uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast or something like that. Uh, yes. Can you adapt that to a real Formula <laughs> 1 car? <laughs>
3: um, I, I think in, in Formula 1, you almost have to because of how much aerodynamics there is. Um, it's quite different to a lot of other categories. So in Formula 1, you almost don't want to be sliding as much. Um, because then the car stops working as well. But in in a lot of cars, like GT3, especially in GT cars, that's all you're doing, you know, is on the limits and you're yeah. in the ABS, you're smashing the brake pedal, and that's something you can't really do on on iRacing. You have to be perfect, perfect with the, the inputs, and if you lock yeah. up, it goes very wrong. So
0: no, that was such a fun way to end, right, Canal? And I don't know, I don't know about you, but that has to be my favorite part, Lando Norris talking about the world of esports and how it's actually helped him so much. I love how detailed he was in iRacing and he's highlighted so many of the genuine concerns that we have about the service in terms of the tire wear and all that. But it's so great to hear a driver's raw perspective, right? And also the fact that he pointed out that there are still some robots on the grid, something that I think we personally hate quite a fair bit on the Inside Line F1 podcast. But what
1: was your favorite part? actually the robots was my favorite part because you know as journalists you want personalities to interact with and you know mm. uh, our formula one drivers robots pr robots you know they are just repeating things that the press office tells them to repeat and so on and that's always an interesting angle for us to pursue as as journalists and then you know uh, that was that was very fascinating for me for me to hear that because uh, it's the personalities that we all fall in love with, uh, as well as their driving and their wheel-to-wheel action. So to me, I think this was a classic interview. I think we can play this for the next five years or maybe 15 years, depending however long Lando keeps racing, because Seaman actually did a very good job of bringing out a different personality to Lando's, I would say, because mm. you know certain questions were not things that we've heard in general mainstream media somehow.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's the amazing part. I love when Seaman actually ribbed Lando for having his worst year as finishing <laughs> second in Formula Two as well. Ah, oh, just just love it. Just just some proper Nordic humor. But also, Canal, something very interesting that we had on the podcast with Lando Norris was that he was nominated for the best radio award
1: on the parody awards. And funny thing is, he didn't quite win it. Yeah, he didn't quite win it. He didn't deserve to win that one, but that was also because he he was up against, uh, you know, for the best radio message of the year award, he was up against the great Kimi Räikkönen, who is now officially a retired Formula One driver. Uh, so you know, when you're nominated in a category that's radio and Kimi, I doubt it's easy for anyone else to win. So Lando, you're hoping that. 2022 gets you an award of the Inside Line F1 Parody Awards as well. You know, it's it's always about the winner is never who you think it is, Samuel, isn't it?
0: Uh-huh, indeed. And that has led to some really, really surprising winners. But we'll leave you to check out that episode when you've got the time. But for now, folks... That is all from us right here on the Inside Line it, it, F1 it podcast. Cannot, it
1: cannot be all for now. You know, the, the most amazing uh-huh. part, Samuel, and I, I know usually you are the one who ends it, but I have to ask you this uh-huh. question. Okay. There, there was a category which was the, you know, a better version of the crash of the year category, the ooh moment of the ooh, year award. And yes. I still haven't been able to announce that category as well as you do. So I'm going to request you to do to, to do it one more time before we end okay. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, that's a really fun way to end.
0: Uh, it's the, ooh, now nah, my, my voice is cracking, so I'll give it a try again. <clears throat> I'll build it up. It's the, ooh, moment of the year. I, I'm not sure if I've done it as well as our winner has. Should I have said
1: that, Kunal? Well, I think you've done you've done it really well, just as well as the winner has. So thank you so much for, <laughs> you know, you know, accepting that I put you in the spots, you know, without, without... This is not a part of our show notes planning, just so everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's the most fun
0: part of the entire episode, apart from, of course, all that happened with Lando. So, oh, well, the ooh moment of the year sorry the moment of the year all of that and more categories on the Eastside line f1 parody awards folks listen to that when you can thank you for listening to this episode and we shall see you rather soon with more episodes of the podcast because we've got some rather special guests coming on in on the podcast during the winter so see you soon folks have a good time.